Hello there, welcome to the Culture of Life podcast from Human Life International. I'm Tad Wojcik, the Mission Research Specialist, here with Father Shannon Bokeh, our president. As always, Tad, great to be with you once again. Of course, Father. And today we're discussing your recent article uh, concerning the actions taken by Archbishop uh, Salvatore Cordelione of, of San Francisco. And now he has uh, taken the step of, uh, a rare step of disbarring uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi from Holy Communion. Um, could you explain us a little further about what the implications are and where this is coming from? Sure. Well, you know, Tad, is, is, this is not a new story uh, in the sense of the journey uh, with Speaker of the House uh, Nancy Pelosi. It's uh, and, and Archbishop, obviously, in, in his interviews, his conversations, uh, many of the uh, uh, articles that have been written quoting his comments, you know, has noted that he's been trying for a, a, a period of time and that period of time, you know, it's nothing very, very specific except some of the more recent dates about the letter and notification. But it's obvious that the Archbishop has been very much trying to reach out uh, to, to the Speaker of the House, to Nancy Pelosi, you know, to, to invite her into dialogue, conversation, not so much uh, to justify her positions, but that the Archbishop would have opportunity to talk to her about it, you know, to, uh, in a way, confront, you know, the, the public uh, comments that she has made, uh, which has been for many years now. It's this is not something she just recently said. Uh, this, this has been an ongoing uh, defense of abortion, an ongoing defense of access to abortion. Uh, you know, Nancy has made every effort in her position of authority uh, as a Speaker of the House, as a legislator, you know, to advance this, uh, the, uh, the legalization of abortion, the access to abortion, uh, and has done everything she can to defend it. And so the Archbishop has been very much working to uh, to help her to see the error of this position, as well as to move her uh, to uh, the position that really represents Catholic teaching. And because the, the big challenge here is that, you know, the Speaker of the House has made it known in uh, many public conversations, many statements, that she considers herself to be a Catholic in good standing, meaning a devout Catholic. She even uses the term, I, I'm, a, I'm a devout Catholic. And this is where the confusion, obviously, among many reasons for the confusion, this is one, because to present oneself as a Catholic in good standing means that you are adhering to what the Catholic Church teaches. Uh, not only the obligation you know, to, uh, that we as Catholics are obliged to uphold in the sense of attendance of Holy Mass, days of holy days of obligation, you know, confession once a year, you know, all the things that we as Catholics would be aware of, but also to uphold the moral teaching of the Church, the moral tradition of the Church. And so, you know, though we know, because uh, Ms. Pelosi has made it clear that she attends Sunday Mass, and that's, you know, we, we, this is part of the problem right now, is that her reception of Holy Communion, but it really has been her positions on the moral teaching, you know, on the moral teaching of abortion, the issue of contraception, for example, is another issue that's not part of the current, you know, discussion, but it's been there. Also, her positions on same-sex union. So th there are many areas where Ms. Pelosi has made her opinion known, not only her opinion, her support of, her endorsement of. So here we are at this moment where Archbishop Cardin Leone has, after many attempts, he's actually met with her uh, to discuss the, uh, the issue. And again, because of public statements, he's reached out again. And I think what this shows uh, to all of us is the care of a shepherd. You know, he really is concerned, uh, one, about Nancy herself. And he says this very clearly in all of his statements, that he wants to see her, you know, repent of her position, 
to reorient her toward what it means to be a Catholic, to uphold that Catholic teaching, and to advance that teaching in her positions of authority as, as much as she possibly can, and also, you know, for the good of the church. And because this her public positions now, through her voting, through the various bills that she has supported and endorsed, and in her position, very high position, very important position, Speaker of the House, where she has made sure that various attempts to undermine uh, the access to abortion uh, by uh, other laws or pro-life advancements, she's always worked against. And so this is now in the public forum. And so the Archbishop now is doing is acknowledging the scandal that this is causing, the confusion that it's causing. Because what happens is people walk away, Tad, thinking, well, apparently it really doesn't matter which, which your position is on this particular subject. You can still be a Catholic in good standing and uh, receive Holy Communion. You are still uh, uh, present yourself as a Catholic, and apparently the teaching on abortion is not as, as hard as what you know the Church says it is. And that's where the confusion and the scandal is. So I'm very grateful to, uh, to His Excellency for, one, you know, uh, working all this time and helping, you know, uh, a, a fellow pilgrim, you know, and I think we need to really stop and realize that, you know, this is an act of love, an act of care, an act of genuine concern for the well-being of a fellow sojourner. And I, I think that's so beautiful to see a shepherd do this. And, you uh, and to and to hear his excellency say this in interviews and i mean the the media you know the 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 left i mean of course they're they're using this to their advantage and you know speaking very ill of the archbishop you know trying to judge his intentions and his actions but when you hear the archbishop in his statements and you and the people that are working with him it is very clear that that his archbishop is concerned about nancy first and foremost and he says this and I, I, I'm so grateful because it's a reminder to all of us, you know, myself as a priest, you know, uh, you know, is to be concerned about my neighbor, to be concerned about the, the well-being of another human being, and to help people to, to see, you know, the error of their, their position, their, their way of life. And that's what the Archbishop has done. He's intervened, I guess is what I'm trying to say, Tad, is he's, he's kind of planted a stake in the ground and just saying, you know, it, it's time. We need to, we need to, it, we've gotten to this point We've made no no inroads. This is now the time to to and really what I would say, Ted, it's very similar in a way to having a band aid pulled off, you know, and very quickly. You know, it's like ouch, and that's what this has done because you know when we consider, you know, that Miss Pelosi has really believes. I mean, she says it with without any hesitation that she believes that she is a good Catholic and that she is a devout Catholic. And in doing that, she believes that she is in good standing, that the, the, the principles that she is advancing is not in any way contradicting anything that her church teaches. And she's made comments to that, to that point. And so the blindness, the spiritual blindness that has now occurred, that this kind of act that the archbishop has taken, an act of care, an act of charity, a true act of love of her neighbor, uh, really is that. It's kind of that, that shake, that, that kind of pulling that Band-Aid and saying, if this is what it's going to take for you to see, then this is what needs to be done. And so he's done that. And, uh, and, and it is. It's an ouch. You know, and you can tell from the reaction, you know, that, again, it shows how blind. Uh, and to see uh, even Ms. Pelosi, again, state, she thinks she's in good standing. So she's this is the problem. So the archbishop has done a, a favor, you know, to, for her 
that I hope that she will see and that uh, the care that he has extended to her as her shepherd, I hope that she will realize and appreciate and come to recognize that this was not, uh, as some have tried to con- uh, say, it's a political act, it's uh, the church intervening, you know, the archbishop is putting his nose where it doesn't belong, all the various things they've said, but it's the complete opposite. It's a shepherd caring for one of his own. And, uh, and, and I think that's a great gift. And uh, I love to see this continue in other dioceses because we, we know we have people like Ms. Pelosi who work on regional, national levels within government uh, in, at various parts, school boards, you know, state legislators. You know, and so many are, are Catholics, and we want our Catholics in these moments. We want them engaged in the conversation that helps uh, human flourishing. So we want people involved in the political life of our country, but we want our, our Catholic fold to be light and to be salt, you know, to be the leaven within those conversations, to do whatever they can to advance what is good, what is true, what is beautiful, and, and, uh, and obviously to fight against that which is harmful to the common good, which goes against the social teachings of our church and the social doctrines of our church. And, and this is what the Archbishop is saying. You know, and and uh, if I may say, Tad, I know I'm being a little long to the to the response, but you know, the the, the thing that's always has always bothered me, not just with Miss Pelosi, with the Speaker of the House, but many Catholics in these positions of authority, who present themselves as if they are the teachers, that they are the ones that are responsible for the doctrine of the Church, and, and in this case, obviously, that's not true. I mean, our bishops are, are the ones responsible, you know, for advancing those doctrines, upholding those doctrines, the teachers of, of, of our faith. And, you know, and so she presents herself as if she is the one that is the teacher. And so and she's saying to all people who listen to her, follow me, follow what I'm saying. So she is falsely, you know, presenting herself as if she is a teacher. Now, we can pause and say, yes, each one of us is called to witness. Each one of us is called to advance uh, the church's teaching. Absolutely. But that means I'm also ascending uh, you know, to the teaching of the church. I'm giving my free will toward the will of the church, and that is to adhere to the teaching. So then, yes, I can be an instrument. I can be, quote, a teacher. I can be one who witnesses. But here we have someone who is falsely representing you know, who is falsely representing what the church teaches in, in her own mind. And so it's important that the archbishop has done what he has offered, you know, not only for her, but to all of us. It's a great, it's a, I, I, I believe it's a, it's a good moment, Tad. You know, as difficult as it is, and I can only imagine uh, the archbishop and what he's enduring uh, from local media. Imagine in California, it's got to be very difficult. You know, the local headlines must be relentless. The the, the inter, uh, radio programs and, you know, all the, the various liberal progressive side, you know, looking at this, it's he has to be hearing quite a bit. So he needs our prayer and, and uh, he needs our encouragement. And, and, I'm, uh, and I think that's what's so great to hear from his fellow bishops uh, and many others who are rising to this moment and in support of the archbishop's uh, uh, action. So it's a, it's a good moment because it's awakening. Let's be honest, it's made the conversation come back to the surface. So what are we doing right now? The entire country, if you will, you know, because of this, is now talking about abortion again. It's talking about the Catholic Church, and it's talking about what it means to be Catholic. You know, I've been following a number of the uh, Catholic uh, radio stations and uh, in, at least reading their, um, uh, what they're uh, working on for the day. And it's amazing what we're talking about, Tad, is up front and center. So, which means 
people are talking. So this has raised the, the, the conversation. So I think there's a good here. It's a potential for something even better uh, to, uh, to be as a fruit of this. So let's keep that in our thought and prayer as we keep talking today. Absolutely. <clears throat> and it sounds, Father, like there's so much to talk about here. Um, so very many directions I could go with this, but let's let's first start with um, the basics, uh, just for our listeners' sakes and uh, anyone else um, who, who doesn't know. There are certain conditions that we hold as Catholics to receive the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, we say the Blessed Sacrament is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. Right. Period. That it, it is the Lord. Um, therefore, there are certain conditions uh, to to receive uh, the body and blood of the Lord. Um, what are these conditions? And here's the money point. Why is it so important for our church leaders um, to uphold this, uh, these conditions and these teachings, especially in the case of public uh, figures uh, who are members of the Catholic laity? Well, you know, Ted, you know, the Catechism of the Catholic Church is which I would always direct our listeners and you know to uh, to avail themselves to because it's important to read you know what the church teaches you know and so for myself for miss pelosi for you for all of us who are catholic you know we are to present ourselves when in the state of grace and so if if there is any question about my current state so in, as my as i examine my conscience every day which as a catholic as a christian i should be doing daily uh, the church encourages me daily to examine my conscience, to evaluate, assess my approach to the day. And uh, for myself, I, I like to do this in the evening. It's a time to really look at how did the day go. So for myself and for any of us is if the uh, assessment means I have fallen short, you know, of, of the mark, if you will. And here, and we don't have time to get into, you know, venial sin and, and, and mortal sin. But in, in the case for, let's say, in this case here, that a person, you know, has committed a mortal sin. So let's talk about maybe an act of promiscuity, you know, uh, having sexual relations outside of marriage and an act of adultery, just as two examples, you know, that, and that would be, so that would be considered a mortal sin. I have done something gravely wrong, and I should not present myself uh, to at the altar for Holy Communion unless I have repented, changed my direction, and have gone to confession. And 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 so it's very important for us to uh, to see that there that my act, if I if that were myself, have to 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 really repent of that act and sincerely change the direction. In other words, not go back and do it again. I have to be sincere and but also approach the all the sacrament of penance and, and to seek reconciliation. You wanted to add something to that? I just wanted to say other examples might be uh, the use of pornography or masturbation. Right, yeah, there's many Right. And in in this case, it would be promotion of uh, or assent to abortion. Right. Um, and in the case of someone with a, that would be the case with any 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 Catholic. Right. That's correct. Um, but in the case of someone like Speaker Pelosi, who is on such a grand scale with such a right. uh, influence and power, who's not only promoting it but legislating right. in favor well, of abortion. We're talking about the issue of contraception. You know, the use of contraception. You know, right. So there's there's many. And, you know, so it's good to you know, we, there's many examples, and it's good that we add a few. Not, but it's just the idea to recognize that mm-hmm. that that's why it's important to to direct someone. You know, to what the church. Teaches, and that's why I like the catechism. It's a it's a good way of, of helping people make an examination of conscience to look at, you know, what what are they doing, what are they participating in, what is a what what actions have they taken, or and, and in some cases the actions they have failed to do. 
So we have not only the sins of omission, we have the sins of commission. And so, so we, as we look at these, it's, it's a time to evaluate. So, so in this situation that you brought up, we have uh, uh, Ms. Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, you know, who is advancing that which is contrary to the moral teaching of the church. And it's contrary to sacred scripture, thou shalt not kill. And so, so when we consider here is that, you know, through the various ways that she has advanced, you know, abortion, the right to abortion, the legalization of abortion, protecting abortion from being minimized in any way, she's fought very very vigorously from limiting access to abortion. Uh, she has made numerous, you know, public statements uh, about the uh, the right to abortion uh, of recent, even after the notification of Cardinal uh, Bishop uh, Archbishop Cardinalione, you know, uh, that uh, that she has come out and again and made statements. So it's it's very clear her position and what she has advanced and what she has supported, and she has not done anything to limit, you know, in, uh, in, in her position of authority. So that's an example, Tad, that someone should not be presenting themselves because they're not in communion. You're not, you're not in union with, and their public actions, you know, we can be talking here, obviously, about someone uh, in, a, in, in a private manner. You, met, you gave a couple of examples that might be in the, in the private forum, but that examination of conscience and when someone is teaching, for example, like a priest, if he is preaching and teaching and someone hears him acknowledge some of these sins that, you know, that may be, quote, in the private forum, hopefully it, it stirs within that soul to say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was doing something wrong. Or maybe someone got their conscience pricked in that some moment, and now they avail themselves you know, to the sacrament of penance and reconcile their lives and, and begin to reorient themselves toward living a moral life. Because that's what we're talking about here, is so to live the, the, the life that we're called to live as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, to advance what, uh, the, what the Lord has commanded us to advance and to teach what he has asked us to teach in his name. And so... So in this situation, we have someone who is promoting an evil, an intrinsic evil, and and not just promoting it, as we already talked about, is advancing that intrinsic evil through public policy, through various legislation, and by you know protecting the industry that surrounds it. And so uh, this is the very reason why Ms. Pelosi should not be presenting herself, you know, uh, far holy communion. And the public scandal is, as we talked about it very a little earlier, for her to do so gives the impression to everybody else, you know, in, in that church that the positions that she advances and holds is fine. There's no contradiction. So that's the scandal. So the scandal is, it, it gives, it, it adds to the confusion, it gives the impression, and more than an impression, Ted, it actually says, without because if there's no one that says anything to the contrary, if no one speaks to her about it or addresses it, then it basically almost says that it, it is fine. And so what the archbishop has done, it says it is not fine. It's never been fine. No matter what Ms. Pelosi believes and no matter what others may believe, you know, it's not fine. It's never been good. It's always been wrong. And, and now we're at a point where the archbishop, who has, as we said, been working on this, trying to address it in the private forum, trying to address it one-on-one, and he talks about this with not a lot of detail because that's not really for us to know, but he has done this. And so now he has exhausted, if you will, all those attempts. And he says that when he sent the letter of notification that he has tried, and now 
because there's no response, he has had to take this action. And this action is to awaken. But I would say across, Tad, you mentioned a little earlier, this is a great moment because it's, it's awakened the entire country. And I would even say it's awakened the world because we live in a global climate. So this is headlines everywhere. There's no doubt that in papers across the planet, you know, that uh, Archbishop, you know, bars, you know, uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi from receiving Holy Communion until she uh, recants, repents, makes public statements and goes to confession. Headline. So that is a good thing because now what that's done is all Catholics in public office who may be holding similar positions. But we, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we should not just, uh, now this case is very specific to the issue of abortion. But, you know, we can be having, we, we, we need to have a conversation about many other things being advanced by the Catholics serving in public office, especially those in legislative branches of government. So it's not only this issue. The, this is the issue the Archbishop is addressing, but we can address many other issues. I'm hoping that's going to happen too, because we have Catholics in public office who are uh, advancing, for example, like embryonic stem cell research. We have uh, people holding public office who are advancing, you know, same-sex union, you know. So there's many things that need to come to the surface. And obviously we can't fight every fight in every moment, but we need to fight the good fight. We need to, and I mean that not in a fighting, uh, you know, aggressive manner. I mean, to really take the take charge of the conversation, the topic, and out of charity and love, and then out of love for our Lord Jesus Christ, out of love, you know, for the truth, you know, out of love to unshackle those who have, you know, have fallen victim to this this spiritual blindness, you know, to to love my neighbor as I love myself. I mean, this is what this is about. And if we if we don't take this opportunity, and uh, that's why uh, this this is I see this as a moment. It's it's a pivotal moment. It's a crossroad. You know, and and this has all kind of been like the big elephant in the room for a very, very long time. Uh, and, and it's called, it's, it's many ways, Tad, it's kind of caused people um, to be unsettled. You know, you know, you have very faithful Catholics who are living their faith, who are following the church's teaching, who are striving daily to live in accord with the commands of our Lord, you know, live the life that we're called to live, the moral life we're called to live. And then, then we have situations like this. And Ms. Pelosi is just one among many names that we could mention. You know, right now we have a president of the United States who also presents himself as a devout Catholic. And that's also needs to be addressed. And so it, this is causing In some great ways harm. that might be an even graver scandal because that is the leader of the free world. That's right. And, and he, who's in a position of even greater authority and ability to change the conversation, to, to, to do something good, you know, to move things in a different direction. So absolutely, Tad. And, and, and maybe this will do this. This may be, you know, what might, might awaken because sadly, you know, uh, the president uh, has presented himself in many ways, gets up at a microphone like we're doing right now and says, you know, hey, I'm a devout Catholic. And so, and, and so here, you know, now Archbishop Cardellone's not addressing the president, but in a way, it is being addressed. You know, that, you know, there are things that are not right. And so, uh, but the moment here is a crossroad because all the bishops of our country and again around the world who are dealing with this, this is, shows that it can be done. And, and, and we shouldn't be intimidated by what, how the world responds. 
you know, and uh, and I know that Archbishop is not. Uh, I mean, that has not been, you know, uh, uh, any fear on his part. But it is something that, you know, we're there's a, a feeling of intimidation. There are various uh, reasons why people have not approached this. I see this as a moment to say, okay, let's cast that aside. Out of love, love for all the things we've already mentioned, let's step forward. Let's step into the breach. It reminds me a little bit of... Uh, of uh, the Bishop of Phoenix, you know, Olmstead in his book, you know, uh, Into the Breach, you know, and it's a, a wonderful book, you know, written to, to men, you know, but it's, it, it's to, I'm a man, but it addresses all of us as disciples of the Lord to, to not be afraid to step there, to to move in front of that muzzle, if you will, knowing that, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to require suffering, and, and it does, but because of love, because of care, because of a genuine concern for my neighbor, I do stand there, and and that's what I mean by crossroad. I, I think it's going to inspire many people, and for those of us who have been fighting the good fight, uh, it's an encouragement. You know, uh, it's not us picking up pom poms and saying, "Hey, way to go!" You know, it, it it's really saying this. We would have liked to have seen this conversation over the many many decades. You know, before now, but but here we are. So can't undo yesterday, but we can talk about today and. I think that's a good moment. So that's why I, I, I want to just uh, think it's important when I wrote the article that uh, I was trying to affirm the good, acknowledge the good, um, and not talk about, you know, the, the, the people directly, but to talk about, you know, obviously what they've made in, in public with statements they've made, but to really uh, encourage and to uh, others, you know, at different levels of responsibility in the church to, to see the importance of this. And, uh, and for HLI, this is something, you know, Tad, we deal with around the world. We see the consequences of, of, of these positions and the impact of those in authority, the, uh, what can happen in policies and laws. And we see this from the United States, for example, you know, through its programs that are supported through the United Nations and other uh, agencies around the world and how they advance through those agencies, contraception, abortion, you know, uh, the whole gender issue, the whole same-sex issue. And so, you know, so to have someone in a position of authority that is attempting to mitigate these issues, trying to bring in a different understanding, a different view, you know, to promote what is morally good for all of us, what we call the common good, you know, what we, we uh, want to see is, are this being advanced, but to see someone work in the complete opposite causes not only harm to our own nation, it harms other nations, because this is what we see, you know, and like I mentioned, by those various programs being supported by the United States in the agencies like the United Nations. So uh, there, there's, there's a bigger picture here, and uh, this is why it's so important. Thank you, Father. Yes, it's, it's very important. Um, uh, even paramount, uh, one of the major crises in the American church for the last uh, few decades, as you mentioned, has been this disparity between uh, Catholic teaching and official, not just officials, not the right word, it's more like um, just just perennial orthodoxy, uh, as opposed to the practice of, of uh, in particular, Catholics in power, um, but that has also trickled down to uh, a significant subset of regular lay faithful. Um, and we mentioned the president um, and Speaker Pelosi, uh, but those are by far not the first examples of these public figures. Um, so with that in mind then, Father, um, 
I think uh, many faithful might be understandably, uh, you know, grateful that this has happened now, but sort of uh, wondering why it's taken so long and other things. And you've mentioned that this this uh, process, this process of of um, proceeding to such a drastic and specific, um, I know it's not necessarily a penalty, but just a action that the archbishop has had to take. Um, it's there's a process that's required by the church, right? And and there are certain things that need to um, be done in charity because there is sort of a a uh, not quite an innocent till proven guilty, but a sort of a sense of of desiring. Uh, to right. know with certainty whether certain actions need to be taken on the part of uh, authorities in the church. Exactly. And, and of course, it would be one of the determining factors of how to address it is also the gravity of the issue. You know, so, for example, you know, let's kind of just back for a second. You know, when we, you mentioned, Tad, uh, that, you know, this is not uh, the situation over the la- decades that we've been dealing with, not being new. So, but if we go back to uh, Paul VI with Humanae Vitae, you know, we saw the dissent, you know, from Humanae Vitae. We saw the reaction, even when John Paul II and the promulgation of Evangelium Vitae, the gospel of life. Uh, we saw the same, you know, very similar responses with other documents of the church, whether they be encyclicals or apostolic exhortations or, you know, documents that have come out from the Catholic uh, Congregation for Doctrine and Faith, upholding the church's teaching or maybe correcting a uh, uh, false understanding, you know, and so we see this, you know, in so in, on many layers within the church's conversation about human life, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about how we as human beings live the life that we have been blessed with in accord with the, the, the Creator's will, and and so the church is responding always for the good of each one of us, always, and so Paul the Sixth in Humanae Vitae was upholding a great good. The, the beautiful gift of marriage that is uh, created by our God. And, you know, the, the, the fruitful and exclusive and indissoluble union of one man and one woman. And so, and yet we saw dissent. Because, uh, not so, and, and, and we saw now to this moment the fruit of that dissent and how that has moved through time. And by not correcting that in, on, on layers of, of catechesis and formation in our universities and so forth, we have many people today who believe that you know that uh, using contraception is morally okay, you know, and and it's not. And so we have what Paul the Sixth and all the various prophecies that he spoke about. One I just mentioned earlier, and the fact that governments would use contraception as a means of population control and and, and exploitation. Here we are, and so. And I believe he also in uh, Humanavita even mentioned the possibility of abortion being on a wide scale legalized because exactly. at that time it still exactly. hadn't been it's um, the, the, the connection and we can definitely have a podcast and, and talking more about that i think that we've would already be a had very, a couple <laughs> very very important discussion and and uh, and i'll be giving a, a presentation at an upcoming conference on on that connection and mm-hmm. it, it's it's something here that you know so we're we're not unfamiliar with dissent unfortunately we've not always you know uh, taken the measures to correct it as promptly and as quickly so to the process that you know to the specific of this case so tad if if, if we, we have an issue you know and for in this situation you know i as your uh, as your uh, boss your employer so to speak as president of hli and one of the staff that works at hli i don't go on a microphone at the, at the front desk 
and announce all my problems, quote unquote, with Tad. No, the first step is to go directly to the individual and to respect that individual and have a conversation, express what's, what's the concern, talk it through. Maybe it was a misunderstanding. Maybe there was, you know, something that was thought to have happened and didn't happen. So in other words, we, we, we do it in the private forum. We talk about it, get it out there, get whatever the issue is in, on the table. And then, you know, if it's not resolved, keep trying, you know, why? Because that is the proper way in respect for the other person. Now, again, all depends on the gravity of the situation, you know, and, and so that is, if you were coming in, you know, to cause harm to another person, no, I'm going to take a different step. But that's not what we're talking about here. So what the Archbishop has done is recognize with the church, especially for our bishops, and how they deal with issues in the public forum and how they are advised. All of us are advised. I mean, this is not just the Archbishop. I know priests in various states that I know as person, friends that I've known many years who have done exactly what the Archbishop has done on the state level, you know, or with local school boards where they something is being advanced, a bill or maybe some policy, some regulation, and uh, the the local priest, you know, uh, who has a parishioner who is representative on one of those committees or boards or state-level positions and meets with them, talks it out, and expresses to them, you know, let me make sure I understand what you said. Is this what you said? Is this what you're advancing? Uh, Well, this is not, you know, in, uh, in, in union with the church's teaching. And as a Catholic, you cannot advance this. And so the conversation begins. And in many cases, they don't know that. They may not realize, you know, that this is something that the church would not be in favor of. And this is a chance to have that conversation. And that's what the archbishop has done, too. And, you know, and we can argue on prudential judgment issues, Tad, in the sense of how long, you know, and I think all of us, you know, because we've been in this for so long and we've seen the harm done by so many people in the public forum who had, who claim to be Christian, claim to be Catholic, advancing things that are contrary, that it's frustrating. It, it, it sometimes, can, I would say even sometimes aggravating because we see the harm and uh, it's disappointing uh, to not hear any response to those kinds of statements. Um, but I'm also real, realized that there are many things happening behind the scenes that I don't know about. And this is one of those examples. And, uh, and so, yes, we can, we can say in prudential judgment, you know, why wasn't it five years ago? Why not six years ago? But here we are. And so, but the process really is as you get to a point where you're no longer able to make any, any movement forward. And the person is just standing their ground in their position in, in contradiction to what the church teaches, to what Holy Scripture teaches, what our Lord has commanded. And so now we must take it to the next level. Why? As we said earlier, Ted, out of care for that individual, out of love for that individual. But part of it has to be the warning. You have to also let them know that, you know, if you continue in this manner, which is what Archbishop Cardinal Leon said and, and as he in interviews, that I've made known that if you continue to remain in this, this position and you continue to advance this position and give tell people that you are in good standing, all right, a, good, a devout Catholic, this is what I'm going to do. This is what the next action is. So it's the same thing, you know, it's, and that's respectful because now you've let them know the serious, not only have you communicated with them, you've tried to educate them, you've tried to form them, you've tried to reorient, you've done everything you possibly can, and you've warned them as you kept moving forward. And now you're at that point where you've given a full warning. The warning is if you continue, 
this is what I'm going to do. And that's what happened here. And so the next stage is, if, if you don't follow up with it, then basically you, you, there's no, there will be, they don't think you're going to do anything. So basically, you, 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 all this time you spent, so not to do something would cause even more harm because now they think that you, it's all, you, you, you've had no, no bite. There's no teeth to it. You can get it. away with exactly. murder or so whatever. It's, here the statement is now made. The action that the, the, uh, His Excellency has done is acknowledged all that he's done, He's he in, in, his, in, his, in the notification. If you haven't read the notification to anyone that's listening, uh, you can come to my article. It's in there. The link is there. Um, uh, we can, it's, it's definitely well written. It explains all the process of what it's about. And now what uh, uh, Card- um, Archbishop Cardinal Leon, pardon me, has said is that uh, this is the action. And this is what it's going to take, you know, for it to be... Uh, for her to present herself at the altar for Holy Communion. And so what will happen next? We have to wait to see her response and and, and pray as we all are, and uh, that her response will be a real assessment and to realize the serious nature of what it is that she's being called to task on. And it, and with all respect, and again, I can't read a person's you know, heart, um, this is not something new to Miss Pelosi. I mean, this conversation has come up many times, many articles, many radio interviews, many people have talked about not only her, but others in those positions of authority in the public forum, in their positions and in their voting records. And every time we come up with a national cycle uh, of elections in our, in our country, this comes up. So it's not something that she has not heard. And my, my hope and my prayer is that, that she will take it to heart and, and, and repent and recant and realize what is of greater importance is a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ and his church and, 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 her, and her eternal salvation. And that's something for all of us. And so uh, I, that's my prayer, and that's what I'm praying for. You know? And what a, what a blessing it would be for all of us if the Speaker of the House you know, would, would, do, would, would do this act. It would, it would speak of where her heart really is, and if she, and as she says, she, she, not, again, I can't read the heart, but in her statements, when she says that you know she loves the Lord and she follows, and you know, and I, then here it is. Here's the here's the moment, you know, uh, to uh, your here's the crucible. Here's the test. You know, do you love me more? You know, and and to realize that the Archbishop is doing everything he can to advance, you know, that good. So let's pray. Let's pray, and uh, and let's hope that others will will recognize the act. Yes, yes, Father, and and um, thank you for mentioning the need to pray because I think I wanted to mention just a couple of spiritual turning to the spiritual aspect as as we as we tend to do at the end here. Um, there are three things to consider here. One is the, um, the as you mentioned the care of the soul, um, mm-hmm. which the Archbishop has definitely shown. Um, no matter what people uh, criticizing him or what uh, Speaker Pelosi might think, this is entirely, uh, this, these sorts of actions are provisions that the church has for uh, particularly um, recalcitrant cases, right? Uh, right? Sure. Um, but it's always an act of love, an act of charity. Always. And so charity for her soul and the souls of others. The second point that I was thinking about uh, that you made me think about, Father, was the 
the fact that it's also a question of justice towards the Lord, because this is ultimately it's a question about receiving Him right. and being part of His church. I mean, as we said, Holy Communion is the Lord. Right. So, um, and those two never conflict with each other, right? right? The action the Archbishop has taken is both a defense of the Lord in justice and the sanctity of the sacrament, and also um, a an act, as we said, of charity for the soul right. of Speaker Pelosi. Right. And um, the third, and, and also I would just say, sure. and, and just and also a defense of the most vulnerable of, of our of That's our race. That's another point to consider. So yeah. that, you know, he is recognized, you know, that, that there are a number of injustices here. So I'll just add that to, to, to that right, list. Right, because there's, a, there's actually a body count um, of right. the little children who were denied even the possibility of, of, of breathing, right. um, let alone being baptized or, or, or achieving eternal salvation um, by normal means, at least as right. far as we know. Um, and... <clears throat> um, so that's why abortion, uh, th th that's one thing that you mentioned earlier, Father, is that this is important because it's bringing the topic up again of abortion and the Catholic Church is teaching right. against it. Um, because this is not just a, a very canonical, legal, particular case of, oh, this is somehow you're, uh, you can't receive communion for some technicality. No, this is a very clear uh, case. And so with all that said, Father, I think the last point I, w I was considering, and, and I'm sure you have some comments about this, is that um, we mentioned that this is a case of a public scandal, uh, which is another uh, sin as well here involved. But the case of, um, rather, Speaker Pelosi has been uh, causing scandal, not the Archbishop is, is, is tr attempting to reverse that scandal. Right. But in the case of individual lay Catholics, when we present ourselves for communion, mm. We can be just as um, <clears throat> culpable as the speaker uh, would be to re to uh, 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 approach the altar for communion if we are not in the state of grace, as you said. So I was wondering, Father, if this is maybe a time for for a reflection on that in our own hearts. Well, I'm hoping that you know, that, Tad, that in, yeah, that uh, that our bishops, our our parish priests, you know, our catechists, and those responsible for religious formation. You know, our parents, you know, really see this as a teaching moment, you know, it, to really raise the question, you know, why is this this violence or this this act of, of abortion? Not, it, I mean, I use the word violent because it is violence and it's and it's and it's criminal because, you know, it, it's it, it goes against human dignity. It violates the precious gift of life. And so crime has been committed. And, and so how do we resensitize people to this? In our culture, you know, since Roe v. Wade, you know, which right now uh, we're waiting for a decision of the Supreme Court of the United States uh, uh, about, you know, the issue of uh, the case before it uh, revolving around Mississippi and, uh, and Jackson uh, Dobbs. And, and so when you think about this, uh, is the, uh, it's a moment where this is a conversation that needs to be addressed. Uh, and so what, what is it that we want... Our Lord wants us to live, and to live rightly, and to live, as he says, if you love me, you keep my commands, to keep them, to abide in those commands, and, and to realize when he says, you know, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself, you know, this, this command of love, this command of charity, this command of, of concern for my neighbor, well, one of my neighbors is the unborn child, and in this country, my neighbor, in, in because someone decides they have no value, they are put to death. And, and so 
to ignore that or on the opposite, to advance it, to actually promote it as something good or as some right to take the life of another human being is something that should, that should prick all of our consciences, every one of us, you know, even for those of us who do not advance it, even those who fight against it, you know, it's a constant reminder that, uh, that we can so easily fall, you know, into the trap uh, of, of, of this crime. And, and we need to recognize it. So I would say, you know, Tad, and that is, this is a teaching moment to talk about the reality of sin, to talk about the consequences of sin. You know, it's something that you hear, you know, in different Catholic settings, you know, and especially in radio, that people don't hear, you know, the word sin, even from the pulpit, or they don't hear it in catechesis, or, you know, uh, all they hear is, you know, just, you know, superficial things uh, about the issue of the moral life. You know, we need to be recognize, you know, the, the importance of living that moral life and to present ourselves, you know, before the Lord with a heart that, you know, that, it's, that is, loves him and cares and wants to live in accord with his will and wants to, to follow his commands. And as the, just use the word devotion, you know, we talked about it throughout this, this podcast. You know, to be devoted to the Lord means to love him with all my mind, with all my strength, and with all my being. And, and to have no contradiction, you know, and no, I'm not perfect, and I fall short of the mark in, in many ways. But every day, striving to be perfected to be holy, you know, to, to live in the grace of God, to live in, in the state of grace, to, to live always with that anticipation of eternal life before me, fixed on the glory of heaven, and, and to long for it, and, and to yearn for it, and to live every day as if I already possess it, which means simply is to live as if I'm already there, to live a virtuous life, all my behavior to reflect it, uh, both seen and unseen, you know, to live in that life is for all of us. It's not, you know, the Archbishop is not asking Miss Pelosi to live any differently than him than anyone else. That's, that's a Catholic. He's saying, if we're going to be Catholic, if we're going to be and profess to be a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ, then we have to live that discipleship fully, not 1% of it, 101% of it, to live it completely for the Lord. And that's for all of us. And so it's, it's, that's why I see this as, you know, a moment. You know, as you, it, we have to pray, but it's also a teaching moment. And I'm hoping that these things are coming up. You know, and I will tell you, you know, in many parishes that I've served in around the world where I've been privileged to offer the Holy Mass, where I've been privileged to, you know, to meet and work with people, uh, in education and formation from seminaries, universities, you know, catechetical programs and parishes. This is a universal issue. You know, it depends on the country where people will say, I've never heard that before. So you're talking about an issue like contraception. You, with, uh, you, you hear people say, well, no one's ever talked to us about that before. The issue of, 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 of charity or, I mean, of, of uh, purity, of chastity, and they'll look at you and say, well, no one's ever spoke to us like this before. And, and you wonder, why? How could you not have heard this before? Well, now you have. Now let me help you. And so this is a moment where you, to, to really, what are we going to do going forward? How are we going to change? And, you know, our country is, is really in a moment that's at a crossroad. The, if the overturning of Roe occurs, Tad, you know, and we know this is going to be thrown back, to the states, and so this this battle over the issue of human life is going to continue, and I hope that we can come to a point very quickly 
where we as a country say every life has value from the moment of conception to natural death. I know even Ms. Pelosi has gotten up and said, we don't know when really life begins. You know, she's made these kinds of comments, which is false. We know when life begins. And so it's, it, we, we need to not answer questions, you know, from a, a political mindset and view. We need to answer them for what we know to be the truth, the objective truth about the origins of life, the beginning of human life, and we know when that is. And so here there's a moment for us as a country to stand up and to say life is a precious gift. I mean, all the violence we have right now in our culture, these shootings that we're seeing in, in, in mass, we need to talk about this. I mean, Mother Teresa herself made note of this. I mean, if I can, I mean, the violence in the womb is a violent act that, that reverberates in our culture. And it's created a mindset that life has no value. We've devalued life because we devalue life in the womb the first sanctuary. And then, so here we, we need to be honest and we're not being honest, Tad, in our conversations about this. So that's why, you know, we need to do what we're doing today. And I'm gonna write an article this coming week about this as well, just to keep this conversation. And I know others are doing the same thing. So we need to really look at ourselves. This is a moment of a self-assessment as a nation too. You know, that our Constitution, you know, if we go back to our founding fathers in the Constitution, you know, and especially, you know, in, in, in the Declaration of Independence, and you read what, what our founding fathers understood about life and understood about what it meant, you know, for liberty and, you know, and understand what we what would have been in their mindset that we, we as a nation, you know, as a nation, but as a Catholic people, as a Christian people, you know, obviously, you know, we, we adhere not to the Constitution and to the Declaration of Independence. You know, uh, it's we, we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he has revealed to us this truth. And the church is voicing that truth. And so this is a moment, you know, for us to, to really rise and make a difference, make a change, to right a great wrong, to, to overturn a great evil, and, uh, and to help people to see uh, that the error of this. And, uh, and to, it's gonna take a lot of work. It's gonna take a tremendous amount of effort on our part, even a lot of suffering along the way, because so many people are so entrenched in this mindset, Tad, and thinking uh, in, that abortion is some right that they have. And this is gonna take, it's not gonna just happen because the law changes. It's about transformation of hearts and minds. And that's what Archbishop Cardinal Leon is offering to, to, to the Speaker of the House, to Nancy Pelosi, is an opportunity to change her heart and mind. You know, and what she does with it after that, that's her decision now. So it's really in her court. The ball is right where it is. And I, I cannot help but think you know, of, of our Lord Jesus' words when he says in, in the Gospel of St. John, uh, prior to his ascension, do you love me more? It's a question that, that Ms. Pelosi, Nancy, has to answer. I have to answer, you know, do you love me more than these? Do you love me? And if you love me, then you keep my commands. And as in that passage, feed, you know, care for, defend, protect. And I'll close, you know, with John Paul II, you know, in Evangelium Vitae, you know, we, and, and he says that because we've lost the sensitivity, now I'm paraphrasing a little bit, because we've lost an understanding of life, that you know, we, we have to reteach people in, about life. We have to reteach, and we have to teach people that life is, is, is sacred. 
And it sounds to you and to me, it's like, well, of course it is. But so many people, Tad, don't understand this. And, 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 so, and what that means and what are the ramifications of that? And, and how does that apply to law? How does it apply to policies and regulations and, and health care and all the education? I mean, it's part of our conversation. And so what does it mean? But he says we have to reteach people how to love life, how to defend life, how to serve life, and how to respect it. And that's 1995, right? And here we are, and we still, still have not learned that lesson. We, we, we fight against it, and it seems that we just keep finding new ways to advance it. And I'm, that's what I, I'm so grateful to the Archbishop, because it's, it's basically he's just sent up a flare. This is a, we, a conversation that's been needed for a long time, as you mentioned earlier. It's been had on many levels, in different ways, but now it's been elevated to a very, very important conversation. And it's involving a very prominent Catholic a woman who says that she is a believer. This is the challenge now. So I, I, that flare is out there and it's shining brightly. And, uh, and, and it's, uh, it's a moment where we all now can, can realize this is our moment. And if we are fortunate, you know, to have a decision of the, of the highest court of our land to overturn a bad law that has cost the lives of 63 million plus lives of little children in the womb, not to mention those who have been lost to the chemical abortions and the uh, abortion pill that we have today. If we are given this chance, this is our moment. You know, and, I, and I, this is what I think all this is doing. So this is all coming, you know, to, to an opportunity for us in the United States. Yes, there, I forget what the number is now of Catholic, people who claim to be Catholic. Here is our opportunity, 75 plus million, you know, in the United States, a greater majority of Christians. Here is our moment to answer that question of Jesus and then to advance it around the world. Not force not about force. It's about doing what is right. And as I've said, uh, and, I'll, and I'll close with this, I've seen Poland and I've seen Hungary and I've seen other nations change their constitutions or change how their laws were with regard to human life, toward the good, to defending human life and working tirelessly to continue that. We can do the same thing. We can do this. And then our nation can be a light to others. We can set a different tone, set a different message. And I think there's much good, and I'm going to end with this, you know, when you think of all the things that people are advancing, and I think about, you know, uh, the issues about the, the, the planet and, and the climate and the culture, uh, the environment and so forth, Try to try. I, I try to strip away all the political components, all the various ideologies of it, and I get underneath it, and if I were sitting at a table with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or a glass of water with some of the individuals, underneath all that are people who they care. They're, they, they're trying to see something good. They're trying to advance a good. And that's where we come in, Tad, is to, to make it more full, you know, to, to, broad, to broaden the conversation, to, to stretch the view, and to make it look at the total picture, the total picture. And that's what we have to keep doing. And Ms. Pelosi has a chance to do that in her position of authority. Joe Biden, our president, would have a chance to do that. And that's what they're not doing. They've gone the opposite way. 
So let's pray for that conversion. Let's pray for that renewal. And I thank you, Tad, for being patient. Uh, I know it's a little longer podcast, but it's a real serious subject. And uh, it's a great opportunity. You know, so I, uh, I, I close with that. And I just invite all of our listeners to, to pray uh, for, uh, for Nancy Pelosi and to pray for all of our Catholics in public office. Uh, we want them to be involved, but we want them to be Catholic. We want them to be disciples of the Lord. And let's pray for, uh, for Archbishop Cardinal Leon uh, and for others you know, who are fighting the good fight, who are being good shepherds of souls and trying to be of assistance uh, to, uh, to, to their people that are, uh, that are, their, are their, their, uh, the people that are res- they're responsible for, their sheep, if I may put it that. So, so thank you again, Tad, for the patience and, and for the opportunity. Absolutely, Father. Thank you so much for all your time and, and comments and wisdom here. Um, as you said, it's a very serious issue. Um, so we're glad to have your your uh, <clears throat> expertise on, on, on these subjects. And um, also, yes, uh, just to pray. And uh, thank you for that encouragement to, to pray for our politicians, pray for uh, those in public office, those in uh, ecclesiastical office, and Amen. also uh, for our own uh, purity of heart and conscience Amen. Uh, before the altar of the Lord. Thank you all very much for watching and listening. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please be sure to like and subscribe, uh, as well as turn on notifications. If you're listening on our audio platforms, uh, Spotify, Amazon, and uh, any of the others, please be sure to share and follow us there. Uh, thank you so much again, and uh, God bless. Keep on living the culture of life. <laughs>